0: In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Please be seated. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you this day, that as we enter this season of Lent, we would encounter the good news, the message that Jesus shares with us, the message that we are called to take to the world. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. So. This is the the first week of Lent, so for um, a lot of those who are not familiar with the Christian calendar, especially in a lot of the mainline churches and in a lot of the more traditional denominations, Catholic, Episcopalians, uh, Methodists, Presbyterians, we we kind of follow this calendar as we go throughout the year, and points along this calendar are meant to both aid and, and move our faith forward, and one of these seasons is called Lent. And it's this time, it's these 40 days, not including Sundays, before Easter. So we actually started it this last Wednesday with Ash Wednesday. And so I'm sure if you were out and about, uh, no matter where you were, you might have seen some folks around with a little Ash cross on their head. And you may have thought to yourself, well, that's interesting. But we've entered this season of Lent, and we do so because Lent, Lent is an opportunity for us to intentionally take these 40 days, these 40 plus days, to really reflect on our relationship with God, to really reflect on who God is in our lives, the relationship we have with God and God's creation, all meant to direct us towards really viewing who God is for us and ultimately ending as we enter the week where Christ dies on the cross and ultimately coming to Easter. So that when we get to that point of of death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we've done so with the mindset that has spent this time in what we would call spiritual fasting. So we often see people give things up for Lent or, or take things on. And one of the things that we really focus our hearts and spirits towards, and when we look at scriptures that we are going to be looking at this Lenten season, we focus ourselves on the good news of God. Right, if God is supposed to be the central figure, the central head of our lives, then we must wrestle as we take this time to wrestle with what is the good news that God offers and what makes that news good. Because, friends, a lot of times when we read these scriptures about the good news in the gospels, it does not sound very good. In fact, uh, our former lay leader Bob and I were talking about a message that he's going to give in a few weeks, and I said, You know. It's about Jesus saying he's going to die. And I said, well, you know, sometimes the good news, it doesn't feel very good until we understand what the good news actually is and then what actually makes it good news for us. And so over this season, we're going to look at a bunch of these passages from Mark and from John where Jesus talks about good news and what this good news is. With this hope, as we look here today, to begin to reorient ourselves towards God and towards God's purpose in our lives. Because all throughout this time, we're going to be working ourselves towards this death of Christ. And we're going to be asked in Christ's death to then reconcile the hope of resurrection. Do we go into Good Friday knowing that the resurrection is going to take place, and then thereby believing in our own resurrection, our own faith. And so we enter our text today, we enter Mark, and uh, for those of you who might have been on this journey here at Beach Grove, you're probably wondering, like, Pastor, how many times are we going to hear about Jesus being baptized? (laughs) Because it feels like we were we were just here not too long ago at the beginning of the year, we celebrated the baptism of Christ. Back in in Advent, back before Christmas, we hear all about John the Baptist and we, we heard that story again. And so I will not spend time reflecting on baptism. If you missed it, I invite you to go back in our in our series catalog or in our sermon catalogs on our YouTube page and, and listen to that sermon. But baptism becomes the setting of the stage for what we focus on today. Because baptism becomes this turning point, this pivotal point in the ministry of Jesus. It marks Jesus' beginning of ministry. When he arises up out of that water, he is affirmed as this great and this wonderful figure here in the gospel of Mark. And then what immediately happens, and I, I find this interesting, is Jesus. we hear no words from Jesus in any of this, in these first In the first 14 verses of Mark, there are no words of Jesus. There are no red letters, as we might consider it. All we have is Jesus rising up from the water, God proclaiming who Jesus is and the belovedness about him. And then immediately in Mark's gospel, it says that that the uh, the Spirit moved Jesus immediately out into the wilderness, right? It's that immediacy. There was not time, there was not space, but Mark tells us that the Spirit drove him immediately into the wilderness. Why? Because there is this notion within our faith that we must have this connection with God. And if anybody is setting the example for our faith, it is Christ. And so what does Christ do before we ever hear anything from him, before he ever proclaims the good news, before he ever chooses any of his disciples, before he ever does anything, before we hear a word? Jesus has taken into the wilderness, has driven out into the wilderness so that he can orient himself on God's calling. Right. What do we learn about Jesus? Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days, and yet we only have two verses here in Mark. And so I'm going to jump us uh, into Matthew and Luke. I'm not going to read it, but. What do we know about Jesus in the wilderness? From Mark, we learn that Jesus is tempted by Satan. Um, he literally, it, it tells us he lived with the wild beast, right? It says he was, he, uh, he was with the wild beast, but when we kind of translate it, there's like an understanding of Jesus literally lived with the wild beast, and these angels of the Lord, they waited on him. Um, there's a lot of connotations that might go into that that we really don't need to dive into today, but we see that Jesus is tempted, he lives, and he is supported and when we begin to look and dive deep, when we look at Matthew and Luke, we, we see what some of the temptations are, right? There were, there were three temptations in the wilderness. There was the temptation of self-satisfaction, right? Make bread, feed yourself. There's the temptation of self-preservation. Jump off this cliff, the angels will carry you and you won't even scratch yourself. And then there's the temptation of power, right? All of this before you could be yours if you just bow down before me. And so we look and we see that the nature in which Jesus is in the wilderness, no matter which version we look at, how we look at it, we see that what is happening in the wilderness is this orientation towards God's, toward God's calling, towards God's purpose for Jesus, right? Even Jesus needs to make sure that he is focused on who he is meant to be. And so again, as we see here in Mark, before any words, before anything happens, Jesus gets everything straight. Because what is Jesus here to do? Jesus is here to usher in this era of good news. Jesus is here for the salvation of humanity. Jesus is here for a purpose. And so we learn from Jesus that when we live into God's purpose, we make ourselves very clear on what God's purpose is for us. And Jesus comes out of the wilderness, right? We are now five verses into our passage today. We only have two left. And so we think in ourselves, we're like, all right, well, what's happening in these last two verses? And we get this understanding of finally, what is Jesus doing? What is the purpose of Jesus' ministry? And this is what I love about Mark. Mark is brief. Mark is quick. Mark is right down to business. And so Mark right right at the beginning of mark we hear the good news of jesus christ and then all the way down here in verse 15 we get what this good news is and it's not preached to anybody in particular so far as we can see but we see that these these first red letters in the book of mark this is the message. This is what Jesus is taking with him everywhere. And so, look. And so, if you have the Bible there, there in fifteen b, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The time is, fu- is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Right? There's there's three assertions in the good news. Right? That the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. And repent and believe the good news. And so there's this hope that Jesus is offering to everybody, right? When we begin to break down this understanding of Mark, we see the promise of who Mark is calling or who Mark is portraying as the son of God. And up to this point, we see a lot of John, 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 John. But John tells us that John is not Jesus. John is not the Messiah. John is merely the person who is coming ahead of the Messiah, And so for people reading here in Mark, they get down to verse 15. And now the nature, if they have not caught on by now, the nature that Jesus is the Son of God, that the time of the Messiah, of the Christ has been fulfilled. The kingdom of God is near. And we have the action, just like Christ has already taken, to repent and to believe. And here's the fun thing. Jesus does not call this his message, right? If we jump back to verse 14, Jesus was proclaiming the good news of God. It was not the, Jesus did not say, this is the good news of me. He says, this is the good news of God. Now we know, we know, right? We are Christian, and so we know that Jesus is God. But look at the focus that it places, reminding ourselves that Jesus has come out of the wilderness, out of this intentional time, proclaiming that it is God's kingdom. God's kingdom has come near. The time is fulfilled as God begins to show God's self all around the world. And it begins with this promise of Jesus. The kingdom of God both exists and requires our attention. It requires our dedication and it requires our faith. This is that now, not yet idea of heaven that we have. That we experience heaven right here, right now. Christ ushers in that reign of heaven within us. And Christ and God also promise that we will experience the true nature of salvation as we live more fully into this perfect love that God has had for creation since it was created. And so it falls to us as to what Jesus is calling us towards. Right? Jesus proclaims what he has done. Jesus proclaims what God is doing. And Jesus proclaims what our role is. So Jesus fulfills the prophecies and all of that by coming and being the Messiah for everyone all around the world. And he proclaims that now that the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God, it comes near. It is here. It is a promise. Now here's what I want you to do. When we read throughout the Gospel of Mark especially, we see this this theme reiterated over and over again. And so Jesus calls us to repent and to believe. And so repent in the Greek, this word metanoia comes out a lot. And it literally means to turn, to change. This is why I often talk about it as reorientation. Right? Our our, our bodies, our souls, they are they are focused on these earthly things, right? And rightfully so. There's a lot of stuff going on these days, right? Amen. There's a lot of stuff happening, not just in our personal lives, but in the lives around the world. There is things happening in our state, in our country, and it is a lot sometimes. And Jesus, he's not saying that none of that other stuff is happening. Right? We, often so, we so often think that when we repent, we just kind of leave everything behind. But in repentance, everything then goes, but in repentance, we turn so that everything is behind us and that our attention and the things that God is calling us towards are in front of us. So that we can discern what those things in our life align with God's purpose and calling. God's kingdom requires our focus and attention to be on who God is calling us to be. It focuses on the work that Jesus calls his disciples towards. Towards a nature of witness, towards a nature of caring and compassion. And so we see that um, as a commentator I saw, I saw this week, it calls us to envision a kind of holy disruption grounded in the longing for God to set things right. We want our lives to be oriented towards God, to know and to understand. And if we are to welcome the news that is good, this proclamation and this gospel of Jesus Christ, then we have to be able to look at it, to know it, to understand it, to focus on the vision as it is given to us by God. So we sit back and reflect. And again, this is what this time is for, right? This is why, you know, liturgical calendars, this is why, you know, this idea of how we move ourselves through the Christian year, how we move ourselves from from Christmas to Easter and then back to Christmas, How we move ourselves to that timeline becomes so important because it is in both the time, the space, how we interact with all of the things around us, whether we are interacting with scripture, whether we are interacting with prayer, whether we are interacting with worship, whether we are interacting with service, all of those things gather together to help point and focus our attention on God. And so we think to ourselves, what are those things that stand in our way? Because, friends, we can even reorient ourselves, think that we're reorienting ourselves towards God. And sometimes we've just put up another barrier in front of us. But no, this good news, which I think is very soft because this is actually like the greatest news ever, it's just a really tough pill to swallow. Because this good news, it requires us to take inventory of who we want to be in order to align ourselves with who God calls us to be. We go out in that wilderness just like Jesus so that we can encounter God. And it is this statement, this good news that calls us to do so. It is this good news that says to all of the followers of Christ, You need to take your own time. You need to think about what God means to you so that you can live in accordance to who he is calling you to be. Right? It disrupts us. It shakes us. It helps us to recognize that we are ready to align who we need to be with who God calls us to be. To go out, to live, to love, to serve to recognize the nature in which we gather together and to recognize the nature in which we live with and for one another in God's kingdom. And here's the cool thing. Is it is already there. Right Jesus reminds us that it is fulfilled. Right there is a promise of something greater that is coming. And when we believe, we have already secured that promise. But friends, There is work that we do right here, right now, that makes heaven feel so real, so attainable, so great, and so wonderful. And this good news of Christ, when we think about it, when we reflect on it, we intentionally live into this vision. We can feel, we can feel that kingdom dwelling right here with us. All we have to do is get out of our own way and point and focus our hearts and spirits on who God is and who God calls us to be. Amen. And now we come to the time in our service of prayer. As we gather together as community, we pray with and for one another. And so as we have this opportunity, we we pray for the ministries, right? We pray for our scouting ministries who have have come, who have joined us this day for all of the work that they do. And we extend that to the, the work that this church does so broadly all around this area. The ways we open our doors, the way we break down our walls, the way we are active, encouraging, and helping those all around us. Um, As um, Sydney mentioned, we're going to have a a town hall uh, after church where we're going to give a little bit of information um, and, and allow for questions from folks to this new simplified accountable structure for those of you who are just joining us this week. Um, This is a a new leadership, a new administration style that we're discerning here at Beach Grove. And one of the things that we've taken on, I, I invite you, if you're interested in it, come down to the fellowship hall. I don't want to take time explaining it right now. But, you know, one of the things we've really been encouraging folks in our congregation and in our extended community to do is be praying for Beach Grove. Be praying as we discern how we live into God's vision, right? We put that vision on the front of our bulletins each and every week. It's 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 right there on the front, right? To be a visible church without walls, strengthening our local community by connecting resources to needs through partnerships. And we really want to make sure that we are living into that vision as we are gathering together, as we're planning, as we're administering, and as we're doing. And so uh, we, we just ask that folks pray for this church, for the work that this church is doing. And as we, as our church leadership and as our church body continues to discern where we are going and where God is taking us. And so we we have taken up to pray for that each and every Sunday as we gather together here. And we also lift up those prayers of each and every person gathered here. We have those those prayers and those